Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. I would say yes, it is hard. It's not easy, but I think uh, uh, you know, with with the support system and the family, and the support system of uh, of the family of my wife, and 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 my my wife just really, you know, she's been incredible taking care of the kids. Uh, I think I think uh, it's true when they say that uh, the best things in life happen to you as well, and the success happens to you as a man. Uh, with with uh, you know, uh, if uh, there's a woman behind it, <laughs> so. Well, for every successful man is a woman is a woman that is really also working hard behind it. And welcome back to another RJ Ledesma podcast. Thank you for everybody listening here in the Philippines and all over the world. My name is RJ Ledesma. And here on my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs and learn more about how they think about business. What are their success secrets? And can we learn how we can also hack those success, success secrets, how they've innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in this new normal and even in the next normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. I would love to have them here on the podcast. Just drop me a message. We are live also right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas, and of course, Bounce Back Network. Now tonight, uh, I've had many points of, of uh, intersection with our next entrepreneur, but this is the first time we're really going to have a very in-depth discussion. He is the youngest EdTech entrepreneur here in the country. EdTech meaning Educational Technology Entrepreneur. And his name is Dan Angela de Guzman. 
He, at 31 years old, runs the is, is the pioneer behind the cloud-based IT assessment and training products app called CloudSwift. And he's the company's founder and CEO. But that's not the real story we have here tonight. The story I want to tell is the story towards his success because before going up all the way to the cloud, he had a very high ladder to climb and he fell down that ladder many times. He, had, he has had his own share of failures, especially in his first venture in his enterprise tech company. And I'm sure that there are many startup entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs per se out there who want to find out more about what mistakes did he make along the way that finally helped him establish his more successful startup right now, Cloud Swift. So can I please welcome here right now, Dan Angela Dugusman. Dan, kumusta ka dyan? RJ, thanks for having me. Kumusta rin? Hi, Dan. Thanks so much uh, for yeah. guesting over here. Kim Tuazon de Guzman says, I can't wait to watch uh, Dan Angela de Guzman here tonight. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kim, for watching here tonight. Wow. Well, I, are you, let my me number one, she's, she's my number one fan. She's my wife. Number one fan. I can see that right now. Number one fan. Thank you so much. He should get a special reward after he's done uh, with this <laughs> podcast tonight. And the funny thing is, Dan and I were talking offline before we came uh, into the program. And we've had and we've had points of intersection where we've met in the past, no? Uh, number one yeah. is we 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 were both in the same Asia CEO Awards in 2019. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah, that's right. You won. And, and, you won that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for the SME of the year for for Mercado. Yeah, yeah. And you were part yeah. of the circle of excellence for uh, young, young leaders. Leader. Young yeah, leaders. Yeah, young leader of the year uh, came from uh, Ernst and Young. Yeah. Ernst and Young, but uh, yeah. this is for Cloud Swift, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. But prior to that, uh, our other intersection was a very delicious one uh, where <laughs> your cousins were actually part of uh, one of my Mercato vendors, one of my beloved Mercato vendors, actually. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Way back 2016, 2017. Yeah. That, that's right. It's called uh, Eats Meets West. They had a nice burger fusion, right? It's a, it's, yeah, it Bagnet, was a nice. Uh, Bagnet Burger. Yeah. That's right. Bagnet Burger. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Hopefully, those guys get to join us right now in our upcoming. Uh, Mercato Cloud Kitchen, which is coming up in the Yala Mall circuit. So anyway, uh, Dan, thanks so much for joining us. If you guys have questions for Dan, uh, please put it in our chat box. We would love to address some of the questions, especially for those of you uh, from the startup community who want to find out maybe some of the bootstrapping mistakes he made along the way, or you have got what's particular insight from Dan uh, on your road towards entrepreneurial success. Uh, please feel free to add it over here. Uh, in, in the chat box. But just to start off, Dan, Cloud Swift, uh, many people might not be too familiar yet with what Cloud Swift yep. is all about. So, you know, if you were to make that elevator pitch uh, yep. to me right now, what is Cloud Swift? So, Cloud Swift is uh, an ed tech uh, company that provides two solutions. Mm -hmm. So, one is addressing uh, the technology upskilling or online technology learning requirements of education sector and professionals. So, and then, what do you mean specifically by upskilling for those people who aren't so, too fam so familiar example, with the term like, upskilling? Yeah, so, for, so, when you say upskilling, it's like, uh, let's say, for example, you were previously like laid off from your job from uh, a hotel and you want to be trained as a junior data analyst so that you can find mm -hmm. better opportunities. So, we provide these programs from uh, our technology giant vendor partnerships such as Microsoft, Alibaba Cloud, AWS to provide those unique technology learning experiences so that they would be able to have those new skills that are in demand of, of today, like in demand today in terms of uh, the, the digital industry. So that's the future ready skills product that we have. 
the okay, second so just, to, just to be clear, yeah. sorry, yeah. So, because maybe sure. some people here might sure. actually want to go to clubs yeah, yeah. And, and try out. Sure. So many sure. of them can yeah. be, yeah. Uh, it's it's from skills, whether traditional industries, non-tech industries, and you you upskill them towards tech-related, future-ready skills. So these are all, everything that they take uh, in, in Cloud Swift are skills which can be used uh, online or on the on, on Correct. using Correct. Um, yeah. so the like computer. For example, uh, data analytics, AI, data science, uh, cloud, so all of these modern technology jargons mm -hmm. in terms of skills. Uh, so, so those are the types of skills that these non-tech people or even existing technology professionals that would like to train more in terms uh -huh. of these, uh, to, to, to train better, mm -hmm. uh, to, to get better themselves as a, as a technology professional. So, so they use a cloud surf platform, but normally we, you, we, we, we liaise or we work with, B, so this is B2B. Eh? So, so uh -huh. our, our platform is being used by the companies that they work for or by the universities that they are students at. I see, I see. Yeah. So you yeah. were saying that there are two sets. So the first one is to upskill, and the second thing that CloudSwift does is what? Uh, the second thing that CloudSwift does is, is has, has really accelerated when pandemic hit uh, and then became like a post-pandemic uh, long-term solution. We're in utilizing the same technology that we use in our online learning platform for technology skills. If you're learning technology skills, you say reading books, watching videos will never be enough. Mm -hmm. You have to do hands-on online so that you have to have practice-based learning. Uh, you know, if you want to learn coding or data analytics and all that, th those things are not going to be enough. You have to do learn it by doing. So in order for you to learn by doing is uh, we have a virtual labs technology. So that virtual labs technology, Shampre, it became in demand when all of the universities and, and education institutions, no students are going to the physical campuses. Mm -hmm. So meaning to say, using our virtual labs product, we digitally transform and take their physical computer facilities online so that the students that are learning at home right now can access the physical computer labs online so that they don't have to go to the campuses and sit down in a physical lab to do their Adobe, to do their labs in Microsoft, to do their labs in Adobe or AutoCAD or things like that. So basically that, that's the entire end-to-end -end solution that we provide as an EdTech company. So sort of the, the second solution which you created was actually a result of this pandemic. Sort of like that's a silver yes, lining yeah, so which, which like accelerated. A, exactly. So it, 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 we, it's a product that we have been already selling, but it accelerated due to the pandemic. Exactly. So this is yes. this is a wonderful story for many entrepreneurs to figure out because we often tell people that you know what, um, as an entrepreneur, and I'm sure that I'm sure Dan, you can you can uh, appreciate what I'm saying is that we as entrepreneurs are not taught to think that you know uh, you know it's a bad time or it's a good time. No, we're taught more of like yeah, yeah. what is the opportunity in bad times or good times, and let's figure that out along the way, right? That, that's, that's really right. Yeah. That, that's really how things have went. When you tell us about what CloudSwift is all is all about, no. What's, what's oftentimes missing, and which is the more important thing, is the narrative, meaning what problem were you initially trying to solve when you created CloudSwift? And is the CloudSwift right now what you thought of when you originally created it, or did it iterate to what it is today? So let's start off with your first story. How did CloudSwift come about? What was the problem that you were thinking about? Yeah, so uh, basically, uh, CloudSwift is already my my second venture that time, and I I've always wanted to, um, I've always wanted to build a product that revolves around uh, solving problems or solving very very hard problems in the education sector, uh, and uh, it came about where, you know, since since my background uh, in the in, in my career, uh, I've been a technology consultant in Accenture, 
we've been we've been doing a lot of technical trainings as well internally and then uh this actually came about from the first venture that i started we're in it's also an edtech company but since you know i made a lot of mistakes and failures on that one so it's it's sort of like cloud swift is like the better you know grandier more grandier version of what i've trying what what i've been trying to build since since i became like an entrepreneur during the early years so mm. what i've experienced that uh, aha moment while i was like tasked you know uh, to create uh, technology training boot camps in a company as big as accenture and then it took us like over 3 months just to come up with a program and then we were like all uh working on like a physical data center we we have to go to the physical data center and we need to fix all these servers manually and everything has been tedious and i felt like mm. you know, if if a company as big as accenture experiences this experiences this problem then there must be an opportunity here ah uh, right? okay so, so, okay you know, so, so when i felt like okay so accenture is already like you know a multi billion dollar company and they have like thousands of hundreds and thousands of employees in the philippines but as established as this if if it, if this is being experienced in 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 accenture then much more in the same peers of accenture plus the much lower smaller medium size technology uh, companies msme companies. style that the medium exactly. is micro uh. and then also more the while for the education sector and then th- those were the hey days that i know and i felt like you know all of these jargons like ai machine learning cloud computing that time uh, around 2011 2012 nobody understands what it is Oh, that's like right. That's right. Oh. So that's why that's why I I I've known since day one that with these technologies, upskilling or reskilling opportunities has to have to be given to all of the next generation professionals. So okay. that's why I thought to myself, okay, starting in the Philippines, since there's a need in the Philippines in terms of digital transformation, digital skills, so it's good to start in the Philippines as a home country, as a market, and then expand later on if it makes sense. Hey there, this is Nikki Torres. Check out Chief Best Friends, a podcast for work besties everywhere. If you've ever wondered whether business and friendship can mix, then this show is for you. This is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia. Why was education your biggest? You said you know you you had a, a passion to, yeah. to to look into edtech. Why particularly edtech? from everything that you were exposed to both in your previous life working as a consultant for Accenture and even in your previous uh startup which, which we will talk about later on no? why yeah. was education something that resonated with you well i think first of all uh, i think in the context of um uh like during my humble beginnings when i was uh, during you know during during high school and during college i've always wanted to uh you know I, i'm i'm a bit of like an uh, i'm a bit, um, i'm a bit of like an achiever when i was in high school mm-hmm. but I always felt like I I hope and I wish that that everybody else would have the same mindset as well in valuing education to to get ahead in life. Um uh and and it has always been my advoc- advocacy that I think uh once resonated by others they would be they 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 will they can increase their chances in success. And then during the time that I was a consultant in Accenture, uh, I've never expected that I'm going to be uh i've never expected that that i'm that i'm going to be able to expose myself in training uh, and doing upskilling or or doing uh, training programs or working on training programs with my peers and other employees in accenture 
so when 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 my boss that time uh gave gave me a project oh create a cloud computing curriculum for accenture employees and you know talk about vmware and all these like you know very big technology brands in terms of technology like i thought it was going to be like a very boring uh task and then i realized that you know th this is something that that i really enjoy like uh, you know it's it's like imparting your knowledge as you train your peers in terms of new technologies it's like something that that actually also uplifts me uh as as a professional because i can see that they're satisfied and they're fulfilled because they got to know what cloud computing is and how to you know how you know they, they learned they learned virtualization they learned all these uh new technologies during that time when, when i did the uh, the upscale and and, during, and 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 that time i was like really the youngest consultant in accenture so it was like a pretty good achievement like tap in the back for me to oh you're one of the youngest or you're the youngest consultant but you're the one doing the training so it's like people are looking up to me that time and at the same time i had the opportunity to impart my knowledge in new incoming employees new it professionals coming in for them to learn cloud computing and i know that at the time like i said cloud computing is really really new and nobody knew like not everyone knows about it like say, compared to what it is now so uh you know it, it was it was a great opportunity to be part of that um so, the, journey. so i can see what you're what the first thing that you liked was really the idea of the uh that you could help people with their skill sets right that's one exactly, thing that you like yeah. the, 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 yeah. the training that you gave and it, it sort of made you and there was also the what i call the psychological or the psychic reward for you you know that you're able to to teach people that seems to be why education yeah, seems yeah. to seems yeah. to be something to appreciate here yeah. so much and then and then and just to add, and then and then while i was actually doing that in accenture i kind of like tried you know going back to my alma mater and then i i contacted mapua and then i said you know i wanted to try teaching mass uh like bachelor's degree or whatnot mm. but unfortunately i couldn't because there's a requirement of a master's degree that's right that's right no. in, in the universities if you want to teach so i i told myself i'll say uh i'll i'll do this uh, in the corporate world for now and then maybe with a potential education technology company that i can build in the future that's where i can contribute better Right. It's much exponential. Yeah. It's not just one school, but several schools, yeah, right. a lot of schools over, all over the world that you can help. Now, that's right. okay, let's go back again. You thought sure. of the idea now for, for Cloud Swift, right? Okay, mm -hmm. this will be a, a platform to help people upskill. Really, that, that's what, that was your basic idea, right? It's a Correct. platform, an online platform to help people upskill. Uh, Specifically in technology skills. In technology. Yeah. What yeah. did you have to do next from there to sort of, concretize the idea uh, people are wondering right now where did you where did you get the money how did you develop it uh, what, what did you do next yeah so first thing is like uh, like i said uh, as a second venture already um uh, i quit accenture like i only spent like two and a half years in accenture uh, i quit 2013 and then i had a short stint as a consultant since uh january to april of 2014 and then 2014 i met uh one of the most sought after investors in in the philippines as well and, and in australia his name is john orok uh, so future now ventures yeah so so future now ventures uh, i met him but that time that was 2014 he was still starting up the the, the vc firm that he's building which is uh, future now uh we met when i was pitching my first company that time the first startup i didn't i, I didn't expect that he's gonna be there uh i was just pitching it to one of his businesses and one of his companies that i was trying to uh, that I was trying to get as a pilot customer for that first startup that I had. And then it just so happened that he was there. 
And then he said, hey, you know what? You have something here. Maybe you can meet me after lunch. Let's go up in the office and let's talk more about your story. And then, and then what happened was uh, I went back after lunch because uh, I had to get back to my day job that time, which is like a, uh, I had a short stint as a consultant after Accenture because I needed to sustain myself. Like, you know, I didn't come from money. I, I really, you know, I, I'm, I, I thought that I'm just going to climb the corporate ladder and then, and then, and then this happened. And then, and then when I met John Orrock again in the afternoon, he said, you know, I told him about my story. I told him how, how young I was. I told him how I started. And then he knew for the fact that I, I was actually doing it uh, on the side uh, because I still have my day job. And then he said, you know, one important thing that, we, that resonated to me that he said, if you want to run a successful business, you have to go all in. You have to be full time. So he understood my situation. So that's why I said, okay, uh, so why do we do this? I'm going to get you as an entrepreneur in residence in Future Now Ventures. I'll give you salary and your job is to run your own business with no, no equity in exchange, nothing, no, no exchange at all. He's just really being really generous and kind and nice to mentor me. Uh, he probably got interested in, in the story and how young I was and whatnot. And then I really wanted to learn so much in entrepreneurship because uh, I, I never thought that I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I don't have any experience in entrepreneurship or business. So I said, okay, this is great. I'm going to be mentored with someone that has already done it in the enterprise cloud technology space. Mm -hmm. uh, and and, I'm, and I, I'm willing to do it. So I shook his hand and, and okay, let's do this. Uh, and, and then uh, since then, I became an entrepreneur in residence in this VC firm. And uh, I've just been really focused on my first startup that time. And then with the first startup, started that company uh, with a couple of angel investors that I met during the early years, like tw late 2012, 2013. Uh, if, if they were like OGs, I think I'm probably one of those young OGs that time on the tech space, like, you know, during the time that the ecosystem of this. That's the right. It was, it was still very, it was very nascent at the time. It was still developing. It isn't what it is today. Yeah, time, yeah it is. Yeah. It is. Oh. Like, like very, very few people, like when you go to an event, you would know all of the founders. You know everybody already before. Yeah. yeah you go to the same know, event, everybody. same exactly. faces every time exactly. before. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I've done, I've done all of that. I've done startup competitions. Like, you know, um, I've done E27 startup competitions at that time. I've met a couple of angel investors that put in some angel money. Um, and then when, when they invested, uh, one, of, one of the mistakes that I made that I've only realized while during my mentorship as well with, with, with the future now ventures and John Ark and the rest of his team was that, uh, you know, to take care of the cap table, right? Because when I got that first investment for my first startup, and my vision for the first startup is just really build like an online learning platform with some technology courses. And, and we only ended up building like an online learning platform since there's only like a few angel money fund that I raised. We've incorporated it in Hong Kong. We, you know, we've done all that uh, stuff. And then, and then we've only hired a few contractors to build the product. So there's no really full-time engineering people working on it, focused on it. So in the terms of in terms of product, it was really premature at the time, but we were really doing our best to really get out get out there. Uh, and then that time, uh, since my cap table, uh, when when I first just, raised my just, just yeah, for people yeah. just for people who might not be too familiar sure. with what a cap table yeah. is, I mean, let's go back a bit to bit startup one on one. What sure, do you sure. mean by a cap table? So people for, yeah, so, so people who are starting up know know exactly yeah. where they're supposed to take their business. Yeah, so, sorry, that's right. Uh, so for example, cap table is like basically the the, the shareholding structure. So if let's say, for example, RJ and I will get into a business, uh, he will own 60% and then I will own 40%. So that's our cap table. So that's an example, right? Uh, so basically it's the, it's a table that you would see all the shares of your business partners and investors and yourself 
as a founder. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened that time was uh, since since I was very, very young, I didn't have any experience. So uh, I thought that giving up 60% of the company was okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so I thought it was okay, okay. Because I, I mean, I didn't have any experience in those things. So for me, my main goal is to just really make it happen. Uh, I just really wanted to build the product. I want to get it out there. I, I wasn't really paying attention so much on those shareholding structure. And I kind of like learned uh, that, that it's very, very important, most especially the early stage, because if new investors would come in for you to scale and grow, it will be very hard for them to invest if they saw that the founder is not the majority shareholder. I, so see, I, I see. I've learned that. So, so I've learned one of the first that. lessons, founder should be the majority shareholder of the business. Most especially during the early stage. Yeah, during the early got, stage. Got but, that, uh, yeah. got that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you have the bigger pie in the money, it's okay. But right now, uh, during the early stage, it's, it's really uh, close to impossible to, to raise more. So when that happened, unfortunately, uh, part of that failure is we needed to shut down that first venture because uh, we were already trying to, like, when, when it was proposed to restructure the shareholding cap table, my previous angel investors didn't agree with it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's why we, we just had to mutually agree and say, okay, uh, we are at the disagreement. Uh, it's okay. You know, things happen uh, like this. Uh, let's just let's just uh, wind down uh, the startup. And then uh, and then I told them, uh, I'm going to continue with my vision. I'm not going to take any code or whatnot. Any, uh, I'm not going to take any product, but I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be continuing my, my, my venture. I'm going to start a new venture in the education like technology that. space. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then and then I told them and hopefully I told them, hopefully when I become successful, I'd be able to to pay them back uh, with with their previous investment. So uh, with the original, uh, I mean, with the, with the very first uh, startup. So we, we actually went back to really review your, your first startup, because in light of your second one, that's really where it came from. The, the origin it's all connected. Yeah. I, I want to just go back a bit more sure, now, because sure, um, sure. when you were looking for the pain points of your current one, uh, what was the pain points of your, your of Cloud Swift? What were the original pain points, the man, of your of your first business? What was the name of your first first startup? Uh, Rocket Labs. Rocket Labs. What was yeah. Rocket Lab initially when when you began? Up was it was it the is it the pain point that you also had for Cloud Swift or another pain point for Rocket Labs? Well, it's it's like uh, I would say that uh, I would say that Cloud Swift is like a huge globalized iteration of what was Rocket Labs before. So Rocket Labs was like a very, very small concept of like trying to, you know, since, since I got that aha moment from my Accenture consulting career, and then, and then I thought of, you know, building a product that can hopefully be used by the Accentures of the world in terms of training and technology, and then hopefully have like, like a centralized learning system or learning platform where in Accenture uh, employees or Accenture experts can create technology courses inside the platform, and then it mm-hmm. it will become like a community of courses for each company. So that was the original uh, idea, and then and then of course add more tools into the platform to make sure that the IT or the technology learning experience is not as typical just watching a YouTube video because it's oh, different. Wow. It's different. It's, 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 oh. bo- it's boring too to watch a YouTube. It's not interactive. Exactly, it's not yeah. engaging. Oh, that's exactly, right. Exactly. So, so yeah. So that was the agenda, or that was the objective of that pain point is to solve that problem. We're in in a, in companies like Accenture or in different schools. There's a lot of people that are doing internal uh, training for their for the internal employees of the company. So in order mm-hmm. for them to gather all of the content that they've created, all of the bootcamp slides, all of the technology snippets of courses that they've created whenever they do physical face-to-face bootcamp 
the idea is to put all of those together into one platform so that companies like them can use that as a centralized platform for all. So that was the original. So it's a platform. So yeah. 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 And then at that point when it came for time for it to sort of scale, the cap table yeah. could not justify could not the scaling. Sense. Yeah. Could it that didn't make sense, sense to scale the business yeah, anymore. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah, because 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 Future Now Ventures, as a as since they're also a VC firm, they wanted to come in, they wanted to invest already, but their main dilemma was the cap table. So that's why they made a recommendation of a restructure. But the problem was all of my current shareholders that time couldn't agree with what I was trying to convince them with this recommendation. So that's why uh, we we just uh, we just all decided to okay, let's part ways, you know, for now and. Uh, you know, this 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 is nowhere to go if we want, we're not going to be able to raise capital for this and they don't want to restructure the business. So I said to myself, and, and imagine that time, like those are tough conversations. I was like, that's, that's, very, very, that's, that's a really tough conversation. You must have grown five to six years. To, I mean, you matured so I much in that, to, in that time to negotiate, I yeah, mean, to, to, to talk had, about that. Yeah, we had, to, we, we had to learn all of that. So uh, it was a great experience because uh, from there, from that kind of uh, scenario, you can already learn, you know. Uh, you, you can already learn so much from that specific uh, conversation. Uh, you know, handling tough conversations is very, very important for leaders. So, so that's why when I was so young that time, you know, and I'm, I was very glad that Future Ventures has been guiding uh, us even up to now, and then since then, in terms of making smart decisions like, uh, like, like these, and and then uh, when we all decide to part ways, and then okay, uh, I, I just. Honestly, told them I'm I'm not going to stop. Uh, I'm still passionate about ed tech. I'm, I, I want to build a business around ed tech, and and I'm and I'm going to make it successful. No, uh, so uh, then, having okay. said that, no, that I, I really like this where we're taking this conversation. If if learning lessons could be monetized, you're a billionaire right now from from having <laughs> learned your lessons from the tough conversations and also being an entrepreneur in residence for future now. So so future now. They weren't paying you, but you could just be an entrepreneur there, listening to people, getting information. Is that right? Mentoring with them? No, no, no. They're, no, no. They're they're paying me salary. Uh, they were paying you salary. They were paying you salary. Yeah, they're, paying me, they're paying me salary, okay. but my job, but but my. So it was actually Future Ventures helping me as an entrepreneur, and as an entrepreneur in residence, they pay me salary to be this to be a full time CEO of my company. Still thinking of what career is best for you? My name is Pat Soyo. Check out my podcast where we answer questions and debunk job descriptions by interviewing professionals so we can put an end to our career search. This is Job Defined. Available on wherever you listen to your podcast. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. Ah, okay. But but yeah. at that time, they, but you start to re restructure the company. Exactly. Yeah, during during the first startup, yeah. Ah, okay. So then, yeah. they weren't taking they weren't taking any equity yet. They were just saying, but I'll no, pay you no, to run no. the company. No, but no, yes. That was yes, a, exactly. a sweet if you think about it, that's it a is. sweet deal. That's a sweet deal it is for a you. Sweet deal. It's, it's, oh. It is a sweet deal. That's why when 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 John Ork told me I already decided then and then I, I came back to my previous company that time they said i'm gonna resign i'm gonna start my own company uh -huh. <laughs> and, then, and then and then i that i left the next day and then the next day i started day one full-time entrepreneur well, uh, so, so that, that kind of transition really helped me uh into how you know really 
focus on 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 starting a company full time. So so that that really helped me in 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 get into that zone or get into that momentum. Oh. And Dan, okay, that's that's really great insight. I mean, I've I've learned so much as well here from you on on at least that that sort of uh, startup industry. You need people like John Orrock, a really great, generous, uh, yeah. you know, um, mentors and entrepreneurs. No, yeah. and yeah. in your years as an entrepreneur in residence uh, together uh, with Future Now, no. Can you just share with us what were the key things that that you learned during the, those few years that that up to now continue to resonate with you? I'm sure a lot of the uh, startup entrepreneurs here uh, would love to pick your brains and find out more about what you picked up during that stint. Yeah. So uh, first, you know, hiring the right people is very important, right? Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's uh, how would it hopefully uh, resonate and and for people to know that if you raise so much money or You've already raised capital. The story doesn't end there. So for me, that's not just the metric of success. Because eh? when, when you raise capital, that just means that there's another next step that you need to get to to make sure that you'd be able to, to spend wisely and smartly to make sure that you're going to really realize the valuation and to realize the next milestones that you need to unlock. Um, so hiring the right people is very important because... Hiring the wrong people can really cost me cost you millions and millions of pesos or millions mm -hmm. of dollars, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so hiring the right people. Uh, secondly, I, I think is is focus. So, second, focus is very important for entrepreneurs. So, if you are an entrepreneur and you really, if you if you really want to take your business or your company to the next level, um, most especially in tech or even in non tech. Um, I think focus is important because if you try to juggle things like so many things. It, it, it also equates to the capacity of you as a person. So if you don't think that you can't do that, then don't do it. You know, don't juggle things if you can't do it. It's building a startup is like having a baby. You have to take care of that baby. You have to nurture that baby until it grows. Uh, and then hopefully once that baby grows, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's all going to be uh, a huge impact. Uh, and then thirdly is, is to focus on customers and revenue. Uh, focus on customers and revenue, revenue versus uh, chasing investors here and there just to raise capital. Because sadly, for some startups, when they, you know, when they drink their own Kool-Aid so much, they think that raising capital to the point that the raising capital becomes the business model of the company, right? That's right. So, that's right. Uh, yeah, and 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 hopefully people will understand what I was trying to say here. But you know, it's it's a it's a warning for everyone, right? I mean, raising capital is really, really good. It's a great strategy. Raising capital is also not easy. Uh, so if you are going to be raising capital, it's either you're just in a raising capital mode or not. Because if you're in a raising capital mode, it needs, you need to focus on those goals that you need to achieve once you've raised that capital. Uh, because if you don't have any clear direction or any clear plan in utilizing the capital and the proceeds, that's just going to eat you up. So... Uh, those are the lessons that I've learned uh, for, for the past uh, years that I've been an entrepreneur's residence and even during my, you know, my, my, my journey. Your, sec your, sec your, your next incarnation as a startup entrepreneur with, with uh, Cloud Swift. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, yeah. Question now, um, when you were doing Rocket Labs, uh, was, it a, was it at that time a profitable or was it making money or were you relying on the capital of the angel investor or raising capital? For you to continue running that business, running that business, we we were just relying on that small capital, or small angel money that we've raised, and then we didn't have like really 
full-time people at that time. So we just hired contractors uh, because, uh, you know, okay. it's going to deplete the fund if we're, you know, and it, we were, it was really, really tight. And that time, as you know, like 2012, 2013, very, very early stage ecosystem of the Philippines. Like yes, you cannot, yes. you cannot just pitch uh, into a meeting and then you get an investment in the next couple of months. No, it's very hard. I mean, it's actually much easier nowadays to raise funds compared to before, you know, uh, That's right. it's, That's you right. know, it's, it's very hard. So uh, when, when I was able to raise that small angel round, we really needed to like, uh, you know, uh, really, really tighten the belts. Uh, and, and, it, and we were very fortunate that, uh, that, that, that the fund for the salary for me to focus on, on Rocket Labs that time, on my first venture that time, was actually um, provided by uh, Future Now Ventures that Future time without, now, yeah. without, any, without any equity in exchange. So it was really like a mentoring suite deal uh, that, that uh, they, really, they, they, they really got interested in, in helping me out as an entrepreneur that time. Wow. So having said all that, okay, this is a great, this is, this puts us in the right place right now to discuss uh, moving on to your second startup now when, when you finally did Cloud Swift. So you talked about it was still education you want to pursue, but you want to sort of, uh, you know, pivot and iterate on your original model. You've learned your lessons already from the, from the, from the first one. What did you do right now to, to set up Cloud Swift? Yeah, so um, in, in 2015, uh, when I decided to uh, start a new company, I went to, to Future Now Ventures again. And then I said, okay, this is, this is, uh, is uh, going to be my second venture. I'm going to start a new company and I'm going to name it Cloud Swift. Uh, and, uh, and, and the vision is to, to change the way how organizations develop technology skills by building that platform that can, you know, uh, that, that, can, that can cater into uh, that can cater into into that niche we're in. We focus on technology skills uh, uh, still, but it has to be like end to end in such a way that we need to be able to provide functionalities to make sure that we enhance the technology learning experience, uh, and then at the same time to utilize that same platform for the educational institutions, so that the educational institutions can also provide opportunities for the students to advance themselves in these skills. So before we were just looking at corporate in, in the previous uh, startup, and then we were just looking at having a platform. But right now in this case, it's, much, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a much more ambitious solution. Uh, and, then, and then I tried to raise capital from Future Adventures, and then they've, they've, uh, they've committed the seed investment around that time. Uh, so uh, you would see it in all in all of the uh, in all of the news sites that you know uh, in total uh uh along with future ventures and other uh, uh investors we've raised uh, a little over a million dollars already a seed round uh in within within the time frame uh between 2015 2017 and then um and then since since then we have been just really uh revenue generating and cash flow positive so uh we started providing uh, this th these products it, originally only as a platform, but we were having a hard time in terms of how slow it is being penetrated in the market because we didn't have content. So come 2018, what we did is that we forged really, really big strategic partnerships with companies like Microsoft uh, at, at the regional level, wherein they have agreed to actually put their modern technology course content into our platform so that when we go to the to the companies and institutions, 
we we're not just going to be offering a platform but we're also going to be offering the content within the platform and then enhance the learning experience by providing virtual labs so the ones that i was telling you about earlier about uh, being used by educational institutions right now uh and then uh 2019 came uh we, we had the opportunity to expand not just in the philippines but also in countries like malaysia singapore indonesia uh through our global partnerships in microsoft because microsoft actually endorses our product uh into their existing customer base so the opportunity to piggyback in in the in the joints like microsoft helps us out get more customers helps wow. us more to have more credibility because we're talking about enterprise space and then and then here here are these account managers in microsoft sitting on their offices in their fancy offices actually having selling cloud swift as part of their kpi how how amazing is that right so it's like yeah, it's like the fact you know, you're you're selling the business for them you're helping them reach their 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 KPIs exactly. by by getting exactly. them out there so exactly. actually that was a very strategic move on your part because when you got them on board they yeah, said oh these guys are going to push my product for me and I'm going to push them as well the first one was yeah. meant to be sort of like uh targeted towards corporations the second one man was targeted first towards schools was that right if i when you did cloud swift it was more you wanted this to go more for schools is that right or uh, schools it, and corporations both, both 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 uh corporate learning and development and then and then education well, what made you think that school or school based learning using this one would be a, a good way to to increase the business because some people would say that you know uh, you know um it's more difficult to to bring especially here in the philippines it's, it's a big business but it's not that easy to get into schools they why Why? Why, sure, why yeah. did you think that schools should be a good uh, uh, a good market to broaden your uh, your your Because platform? We when we started class, we've been speaking and talking. Uh, you know, we've been growing uh, all of our relationships and establishing our relationship with the existing educational institutions. So we always talk to them, even though they're not yet buying our solution. That time, we we always you know value the feedback that they give us, and then gathering those feedback, it turns out that. it's easier and much faster when you go to an educational institution that you are selling them not just a platform but it has content already that they can utilize to incorporate ah, okay. in their curriculum because because that's what the that's what the schools doesn't have they don't have the time to digitize and add more meat into their curriculums most especially if they would like to incorporate modern technology skills oh. in their curriculum such as ai data so science so words for if you came to them platform ka lang diba i mean if eh, technically diba platform ka lang but yeah, because you have this content yeah. from, from microsoft oh you're not yeah. just a platform you are a content you're a content management yeah. uh, platform exactly right? exactly and then plus of course it's not just any any content it's a content that actually enables uh, modern technology upskilling that has A, a, uh, that has functionalities to enhance the technology learning experience because they're not just going to watch videos eh? they're really going to practice in actual labs and may so employment why, may employment opportunity after they're done because when they're done it's really a program that you that people will want to hire you exactly exactly because because once they're done with the course they can get a digital credential that has microsoft logo branding on it so that's you know, right. it's easy it's an, somehow an easy sell for for students and 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 schools and then it's also a good revenue opportunity for private schools and institutions because eh, they can actually leverage the platform and the content products of cloud swift together with microsoft aws and others uh for them to be able to uh offer uh elective programs that they can charge tuition fee based models uh that that can that 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 is outside of their traditional curriculums so that that increases their lobs or or line of businesses pa 
So that's okay. why it makes sense for them to invest. Yeah. Now, what? What? Can you explain just for the people here who are listening right now? How does the business model work for CloudSwift if you come both into schools and into companies? Is it sure. uh, software as a software as a service type charging, or is it uh, is it like a subscription based charge? Uh, please explain to people get, for, yeah. for people trying to learn more about you know how yeah. they manage this type of things. How, how, how does the business work? So it's a it's a it's either an annual subscription or a per semester subscription. So in our two product mixes, in our technology skill programs, uh, we do have a, a model wherein uh, the schools would buy a box of course enrollment SKUs. And then let's say, for example, minimum is 500 and then they pay, let's say, $19, which is very, very cheap uh, as, a, as a starting minimum, uh, like 1,000 pesos per SKU for 500 SKUs at that initial minimum per year. And then they get already the white labeled platform with all their branding and logo. And then all of the content is there. All of the virtual lab environments with, with those technology courses are there. And then the digital certificates and credentials are already part of that. So it's a package wherein once they buy that box, they can just distribute that to, distribute it to X number of students. So that's the the education sector and corporate. Even the corporate learning is the same. So you know the likes of Accenture or or Hitachi or Emerson, they can just buy. Okay, for this year, I would like to order for my one thousand employees, and it's cheaper for them because you know most especially for corporate, the the training budget per employee for technical skills is actually like we are. We, I would say we are ninety percent cheaper. Compared to, wow. uh, compared, yeah. So because it's all online, it's all self-paced, and they're used to like face-to-face -face traditional. It's it's more expensive, like fifty thousand pesos per stu per per professional or per packs. So that's that's expensive. But in our case, in 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 nineteen dollars, twenty nine dollars per per course enrollment uh, skew, uh, they get an access to an online learning platform with labs, with digital certificates, credentials, and then and then off they go. They can learn anytime, anywhere, and now. On the second product mix, which is our virtual labs product, so we do that either as software as a service subscription, uh, as as a as as a per semester uh, platform as a service subscription. Wherein mm -hmm. they host it, we can deploy it on their own cloud tenant, and then and then we charge them on a per uh, per lab user session per semester. So uh, I would say our average uh, education customer. Is is like around a hundred thousand, like fifty thousand dollars per semester, or a hundred thousand dollars per 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 academic wow. year subscription. Yeah, it, it's it's a really, really high margin, lucrative business model, I would say, uh, and, and that's why we're so aggressive about this. Like it's Pinoy built. We started here in the Philippines, but we were able to take it outside the Philippines as well, for for other uh, universities outside the country yeah. uh, are actually using CloudSurf uh, platforms as well. Hey there, my name is Chloe. Just dropping by this podcast to tell you that I'm on one too. It's called The Great Connections Podcast. Over there, we talk about the lives of Filipinos overseas at ang descarte sa buhay OFW. So go ahead and listen to The Great Connections Podcast after you finish this episode, okay? The Great Connections Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. See you there! The Great Connections Podcast. Really great. I want to I find more about how it went abroad, but, but before it did, no, I just want to ask, uh, you know, it sounds like CloudSwift was on an upward trajectory from the very start, but was it? Was, is that the case? Or did you struggle a bit at the start? Did you have some moments of doubt? Okay. Well, yeah. What was the point? Of, when, when was that sort of like that low point that you had as an entrepreneur when you went into CloudSwift? Now, 
you were thinking, Nako, will this business work for me or, or not? Was there a point to that yeah, for you? Well, well, of course, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, around year of 2017, uh, I could not for forget that moment wherein uh, we, we had to really uh, let go of some people. Uh, and then, and then uh, we had to also uh, decide on uh, some very, very hard and big decisions because uh, internally there's something that, that happened uh, within the business or within the company we're in. You know, sometimes when you hire the wrong people, you know, sometimes you really end up creating more problems for you, more headaches and, and things like that. So one, one thing led to another, you know, hiring uh, wrong people that, that you trusted and key people that you trusted and then just so just so happened that that you can't uh so things like that happen and that's why um when we were running out of capital and running out of funds we thought and we told ourselves that we thought okay so after doing this this is our last shot 2018 was our last shot rj like oh. that time it was our last shot site so we, th we told ourselves if we cannot make enough revenue for the first quarter of 2018, CloudSwift is really going to shut down. Okay. CloudSwift is, is never going to work anymore, right? So th that's, that, was, that was my realization that time. And then, uh, you know, it was my, like my personal goal. Like I'm telling myself, if I can't do this in 2018, and if we can't really take this to the next level, it doesn't make any sense anymore. So that's why that was the low point. Well, I wouldn't say low point, but that was like an, uh, somehow like a little bit of an epiphany we're in, this is an opportunity for us to get better. You know, we, we sort of like made a lot of mistakes as well between 2015 to 2017 of running CloudSwift, a little bit of ignorance here and there, uh, a little bit of, of slacking here and there for some people um, that, that we really needed to, to get serious uh, towards the latter part of 2017 until we reached 2018. So it was a blessing in disguise that actually the big guns or the big technology players such as Microsoft really played along with us and really helped us in this long game. Uh, that time in 2017, we, we really didn't have any capital anymore. So we really needed to make sure that we need to thrive our best to get enough revenue to sustain the business. And then luckily, I would say since first quarter of 2018, we have never raised any significant further capital since the seed investment. And we have been sustaining uh, the growth of the business for from revenue since 2018. So what happened so there was actually, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, ahead, so yeah. at 2018, you were saying, okay, this is our last shot. When did that yeah. aha moment for you come that you said, okay, we have to sort of transform the business from just purely being a platform to a content management platform? And how did you bring in Microsoft? I mean, that must have been the biggest point, right? I mean, for me, that was a turning sure. point when you were able to turn, sure. when you're able to get these big companies to give you accredited, uh, you know, uh, you know, very high value added courses. How did you manage yeah. that? Well, um, ever since uh, I think it, I think I think th this merits to, uh, you know, maybe lessons for everybody as well. That uh, it merits to the fact that. Uh, since we have been working with Microsoft since the founding of the company. So that is a good indication or a strong indication that never, ever, you know, if you feel like there's a, there's a partner that you've been talking, uh, there's a partner or there's an organization that you think you wanted to, you know, really, really uh, work, uh, work with for long term, you have to always make sure that you're following up with them. You have to make sure that you're keeping in touch with them. So it's not like it's a new introduction between Microsoft and CloudSwift. So we have been really in touch with them 
since day one. Uh, they've been our partners. They've known us since the founding of the business. So okay. it kind of like just grew their relationship. And then it was just very, very timely that in, in, in the late 2017 that we're about to do that model. And then they were also about to come in and they're, you know, uh, we, we were already working on it together. Uh, and then and then that's sort of like in parallel enhancing enhancing the, the product of Cloud Swift as well. Uh, and and uh, apart from that, uh, you know, um, apart from that uh, realization of tapping into that strong strategic partner, uh, your question about like, okay, so how, you know, what are the things that pushed us or, you know, that, that made us feel about that um, is because in order for us to keep going, we, we just feel like it's not going to be a sustainable business if we would just rely on the funding and the capital that we get from investors. So that's why, you know, it was like an awakening moment we're in, you know, you take a look at the, the PNL, you take a look at the balance sheet and you see, you know, this isn't, this is, I mean, we, we've been at this for two years and, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very impatient person as well somehow in terms of these things. And, you know, if I see that I don't see any progress like that, I kind of feel like it's so mabagal and I, I really want to, you know, push mm -hmm. much faster. And that pushes, pushes to the fact that, okay, if we see this, like this, the trajectory is not really, you know, the, that uh, targeted hockey stick is not yet happening. It's it's a personal goal that this is our last shot. 2018, we really need to take this to the next level, uh, and then and then really execute towards making that happen by these uh, strategic global partnerships. And then the the next question I wanted to ask is that your your company went technically global. I mean, for many Pinoys, wow, to to have your app, a locally developed app, go abroad for the first time. Yeah. That's like that 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 kind of blows people's minds. How did that happen? Was it because of the Microsoft partnership that they said, Oh, there's a there's a there's a campus in Indonesia or a university in Indonesia that also wants to that's also looking for that. Is that what happened? That's how you how you grew the business? Major a significant part of it, yes. Uh, and then uh, more and more partners came over after that. Uh, so for example, uh, global distribution in Europe, it started this year as well. I mean it it, it, it rooted from the Microsoft partnership and then kind of like you know wow. AWS came in as well to help out. Uh, Alibaba Clouds, all of these guys. And, and I think that's the beauty of working with enterprise software business. As, as long as you have a very, very clear and very, very strong strategic distribution, uh, uh, strategic distribution channel that you want to build, and then, and then you show them use, real use cases and real results that this is, this is what is going to get you. This is what it's going to hit your API. Uh, this is what, what's going to hit your KPIs. Uh, you know, Because, for example, for Microsoft, they, they want to be able to make sure that they're going to be uh, getting a lot of consumption from their cloud. So our product consumes a lot of cloud. So for them, it makes sense. It makes sense for them to position it more because the more that they sell CloudServe, the more that they also generate revenue with their cloud products. So it's, it's for them, it's sort of like uh, double the rev re revenue stream from the courses exactly. and revenue stream from the use exactly. of the cloud. Exactly. And the good thing about this is that all of these account managers in these organizations, they became our extended business development team, even though they're not part of our payroll. Which is great. It's a great job for you. They amplified your They augmented your exactly. business. Exactly. And then it's not just in the Microsoft Philippines, per se, but Microsoft APAC region and global. So that's why, you know, we have like dedicated enterprise channel managers that helps us sell the platform in Indonesia, we have the same person in Vietnam, we have the same person in Singapore, we have the same person in Malaysia, we have the same person in Brunei. So we just needed to really invest a lot of time in on in enabling and onboarding these teams. And then and then and then the rest will just follow because you just need to make sure that you add value to their existing customer base because they're not gonna introduce you 
to the to the to the customers that they are really really taking care so much their golden gooses and their 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 silver linings uh they're not going to be able to introduce you if you can't prove to them that you can deliver so it happened when we delivered and then it came it's sort of like uh scattered across all of the all of the uh, employees and account managers across the region and then the rest of the countries wanted to do the same because they want to hit their kpis too so so that's why you know we got introduced to more universities in indonesia we got introduced to the universities in malaysia and then you know pre pre-covid pandemic of course uh you know we we had the opportunity to travel as well so that you know it, doing business in asia is still very important for them to do face to face that time so that's why you know we also travel here and there uh but right now i mean you would be surprised with this uh, post-pandemic uh, er era. Um, everyone, I mean, you, we, we have been closing deals even just, you know, with institutions and universities. We haven't even met them face-to-face. -face. So it's amazing uh, how we've done that through the channels that, you know, because we have already local people through Microsoft. And then because of that, you know, banking on that strategy, when, when we became cash flow positive, we decided to invest in hiring some local people in such countries as well so that we can accelerate much faster. Great um, job. And, and that's, that's how, that's how, what, what, uh, how we, we went on to, to, to the bravo. global, global, the global stage. Now, bravo yeah. for that. And one more question. Just, I know that, you know, I was reading some of the articles which came out uh, about Cloud Swift, no? And, you know, you just did a seed, you just did a, Angel round for this one for for, for this round, one yeah, just, seed round, just you, seed round. You, you, yeah. the seed round and you didn't go beyond that one. Traditionally, many of these companies go for a Series A, Series B. You chose to stop at, at, at just the seed round because you said you guys were like a camel. You you could sustain yourself like like a, like a real camel. You could sustain yourself. There was no need to get uh, additional money from the outside. Do you plan to keep it that way because it's really profitable right now, or do you still plan to to raise money from the outside? Well, I would say. Um, uh, we think that there's a certain amount of milestone that we think that we didn't need capital yet. Mm -hmm. um, because the most important thing for us is if, you know, for us to raise capital, uh, we need to be able to make sure that, that uh, that's going to go to proper proceeds of really scaling and growing the business. Mm -hmm. Not because mm -hmm. we're running out of cash or whatever, but it mm -hmm. has to be like really intended for growth. Um, uh, so that the purpose for that. So uh, for now, we, we don't want to speak uh, in tapos or you know we don't we don't want to end the conversation on that yet uh but so far all i can say rj is that right now uh we want to focus in the in the in the next 12 months of our journey in really unlocking these revenue milestones and and profit uh profit milestones that we want to get um and and we believe uh that we continue to, uh, we can continue to be to be really profitable uh, in the next 12 months so uh it's just a matter of how long uh, we could, so, for example, internally, we were talking about, okay, so in order for us to hit our $10 million revenue milestone, we all feel and we think that that, that kind of milestone can be achieved without further capital, we think, right? As of now, for now, we think that we don't need capital to achieve that. It's just a matter of how long it will take. Um, and, and, and we're all working so hard. You know, the team is working so hard to make sure that that's going to happen. Uh, Klauswif is not going to go to where it is today without its team, right? So it's it's not just a one-man show. So there's a lot of incredible people behind this as well. Um, there's a lot of incredible investors and and business partners and 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 uh, and and channel partners that are helping us out grow. So it's not a question of you know how much capital, but because it's somehow with these partnerships like having Microsoft and AWS and all these other 
you know, all these other technology providers and partners that are helping us out scale in the region and globally. It's, it's somehow, if you come to think of it, it's somehow as good as cash. That's <laughs> right? right, that's right. But, but the I thing mean, is, the difference is, like, but the, but the difference is you, you didn't have to directly hire people for that because you have that support already. And the nice thing is that parang ginapo budget to Microsoft to grow your business, if you think about it. <laughs> somehow, somehow, yeah. yes. <laughs> and having, having said all that, before that, I just want to thank our good friends from Kumu. Uh, we also uh, air, air we are also live streaming right now from Kumu. So thanks to our friends from Kumu. Kumu is a Pinoy live streaming app where you can connect with Filipino streamers and celebrities. Use our link in the description to follow some of our Kumu streamers. Again, thanks again to Kumu. Uh, you know what, Dan? I wish we had more time to be here on the podcast. A lot of great insights I personally gained from you to learn about how you know how to. Also, you know, I, I run a couple of startups myself, and it, this is this is great insights for me to tweak uh, the business model along the way. So I want, I want to move on to another topic, which is basically the opportunities that you're seeing emerge, especially from your perspective. I guess, it, it, to my mind, I mean, you're seeing opportunities emerging in the educational sector, in the edtech sector, and in other industries. So let's say, for example, if you had time to pursue other opportunities, what would those opportunities be that you are seeing right now as a result of the work that you are doing here in CloudSwift? Thanks. Uh, I think that's a very, very good question. I think that's the first time someone asked me about that question, which is good. Uh, so uh, I think logistics industry has a, has a tremendous opportunity in the Philippines uh, and in Southeast Asia because, uh, you know, we, we all know that there's already Lalamove and, you know, all of these uh, other platforms uh, uh, that, that actually does that. But there are certain problems uh, and pain points right now uh, that are even uh, being experienced. I mean, in, in just in my view, based on my observation, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, maybe some other people that are watching this show, they might have already thought of, you know, uh, of this concept as well. But I think, I think that, you know, like, uh, for example, uh, in logistics, there's a lot of uh, uh, problems being experienced by actual businesses, such as like the hotels right now, like in order for them to reinvent their offerings, they needed to actually cater into online deliveries as well of their own products. But the thing is, they cannot, you know, having to use all these Lala Move and all these apps, uh, th- there's a need niche or there's a required niche for that sector we're in to be able to uh, provide logistic solution as well for those type of organizations uh, that, that needs to have a centralized single network. Uh, mm-hmm. of, of logistics uh, of logistic services just to cater for their needs um, so I think I think that's one uh, and then uh, in the education sector uh, I would say there's still a lot of you know there's still a lot more problems that needs to be solved uh, in fact if if I if I if I would have the time or you know post cloudsift once I once we be, once we become ultimately successful and 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 I, I would have an opportunity to invest or or become an investor, or or to also start a new venture in the education technology space again, I would say artificial intelligence uh, and machine learning uh, have a very very bright future in creating uh, products that can help uh, students. Uh, most especially, you know, I- I'm a father myself. I have I have two kids. Uh, my oh. eldest is already uh, is it, my my eldest is already six six years old. Um, and he's he's also going to school already, so I can spot some 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 pain points, problems here and there in K to twelve. So I think there's a lot that needs to be done in solving K to twelve education pain points um, in terms of like how do you 
make sure you engage your kids in terms of this setting right now, which is on online learning. Like, I mean, it's it's hard, right? I mean, uh, in a way, as an ed tech company, somehow you're smiling at the back saying that, oh, it's cool. You know, Chad just announced a formal announcement saying that we're not going to go back to face-to-face -to -face anymore. Flexible learning is here to stay. You know, we're all smiling in the back and saying, oh, this is good. This is great opportunity. We're going to grow more locally and you know we're gonna the, the 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 schools will need us more but at the same time as a father right it's it's if you come to think of it it's very very hard to imagine as well uh you know like you used to have you know you used to have classmates and you're working uh, you, you're working together you're collaborating you're playing sports together so all of that are not happening right now so i think if there's a way for us to leverage the technologies of it is today to somehow take the education experience of most, especially the young kids, you know, where the brains are sponge, right? Their brains are sponge and it's very important foundation for them, for them to learn or at uh, the best learning uh, scenario. So K to 12 education is, is, I think there's a lot of opportunities because I see a lot of pain points. So that's why that equates to an opportunity. Yeah. And there's, there's one thing as, as you were talking, something just, you know, occurred to me that your son is six years old, which means that, uh, during the toughest times of your company, 2015, 2017, you were not only trying to survive with CloudSwift, you, you, were, you, were, you were married and you had a yeah. young kid. And that <laughs> exactly. must have been, I mean, I, I, mean, I'm, I, I can commiserate with you because I, I, I go, I'm, I'm also run my own company, right? And yeah, that must have yeah. been really, I mean, that must have been quite a challenge that you were raising your kid to the toughest time of the company and you're also trying to make your marriage a successful marriage. Just how is that yeah. for you? If you don't mind me asking, especially with, with the raising <laughs> of your kids, that, that must have been difficult. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a you know. I mean, uh, 2015. Actually, when when we when we founded CloudSwift, uh, that was April 2015. That was also the the month birthday of my son. So, uh, my son's birthday was also April uh, 30th, uh, 2015. Uh, so, the anniversary of CloudSwift is actually my son's birthday. Um, so raising a kid and, and then raising another kid, which is a startup. The startup is a baby mm -hmm. and then another real human baby. Uh, I would say, yes, it is hard. It's not easy. But I think, uh, um, you know, with, with, with the support system and the family and the support system of, uh, of the family of my wife and, and, and my, my wife just really, you know, she's been incredible taking care of the kids. Uh, I think, I think uh, it's true when they say that, uh, the best things in life happen to you as well, and the success happens to you as a man. Uh, with with uh, you know, uh, if uh, there's a woman behind it, that's right. <laughs> so uh, for every successful right. man, is a woman is a woman that is really also working hard behind it. Yeah. So, yeah. well, that, that's good because in my company, my wife is the boss. So that's the more important thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, boss yeah. of my life and uh, boss of my company. And with that, thank you so much, Dan, for sharing. Uh, the, the really great tips over here. I, I, I've learned so much from this conversation. And again, uh, if there are companies over here or if there are people who are interested to subscribe to CloudSwift or find out how they can use their services, how can they get in touch with CloudSwift? Yeah, so um, so for, for B2C in the Philippines, uh, I would just like to share, uh, RJ, uh, that we just recently formed a joint venture with Dito CME uh, to target oh, wow. Filipino learners. Yeah, so, so we call it lunaacademy.ph. So it's a totally separate entity that CloudSwift owns as well, uh, together with Dito CME. So, so we, we both have a stake on it. And, and that is our B2C um, uh, product focused only in the Philippines for Filipino learners so that they can enroll in courses in Alibaba Cloud, Microsoft, AWS, wow. 
even wow, yeah, even electrical engineering courses are also there. So so we partner with. Which was your course, course in college, the electrical engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 it, the localized. Uh, it's like it's like our localized Coursera, but for the Philippines. We're in instead of having Harvards and the MITs, we're gonna have the Mapuas and the Lasals and the Ateneos and the Enderons. So so that, that's that, that's basically the, the concept. Plus the industry parts is Microsoft, AWS, Alibaba Cloud. So so go to LunaAcademy.ph if you're. Uh, a Filipino or anybody that would like to upskill individually, uh, go to our Facebook page, uh, Luna Academy. You will find out a lot of a lot of exciting stuff out there. Uh, LunaAcademy.ph portal. You can just enroll for free on the course. Uh, but if you would like to get an access to the virtual lab environment and digital credentials, once you finish the course, then you can just invest like very very small amount of of investment for you to to for you you know to treat yourself. Uh, to upskill yourself and learn more. And then if you're an educator, if you're an education institution out there, uh, or if you're an L&D manager of a company and you feel like technology upskilling and, and online labs are going to be important for you, then you can just go straight to our website, cloudswift.com, and then you would find uh, our contact uh, details there so that you can reach out and we'd be happy to partner. And with that, thank you so much for joining us over here. Dan Angela de Guzman, founder of CloudSwift. And for anybody out there, if you're listening to our program right now, if you guys want to be able to, uh, if you guys are enjoying our podcast here tonight, I invite you to please subscribe to the RJ Ledesma podcast. Again, thanks so much, Dan, for your time. Again, we will see you guys in the next podcast. The next podcast promises to be very exciting. Uh, if you guys are following Trese, I'll have the the if you guys are watching Trese on Netflix, I will have the guy behind Trese over here in my next uh, Argentina Desk podcast. That much out for that as well, guys. Thanks so much. See you again next week. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.